you're very welcome to another episode of the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond. Alongside me, Rachel Burford, the World Cup winner. How's things, Burf? How's Grand Designs going? Yeah, it's still going. Might hear a few bang from upstairs, but no, yeah, we're on a, on track to hopefully finish in a couple of months. A couple of months, fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. And how's Pirate Dog? How's Mocker getting on with her, her eye injury? Oh, she's literally heard her name. <laughs> so she's we'll up. <laughs> yeah, no, she's fine. Mocker's just jumped on Berth's lap there, um, for those of you just listening. Um, but yeah, she looks well. Yeah, no, she's all good. Her eyes healed up. She's got a tiny little scar on her eyeball, but other than that, she's she's as good as gold. Good. It's not going to affect the, the sight going forward, no? No, thankfully. Thankfully, it wasn't a big enough puncture to her eye to do that. Good. And did we enjoy it? We were nowhere in a women's rugby podcast, but it was a, it was a cracking weekend of rugby across the board, wasn't it? There was, there was lots going on. Good Six Nations, good Prem 15s or, or, or not. Um, do you enjoy the weekend of ruggers? Yes, I did. Like, I think, um, it's always so exciting when Six Nations is back on. Um, and I like the fact, again, it's just the men's window. So you're not trying to catch everything. Um, but yeah, we we obviously played Saracens at the weekend. Our result didn't go the way we wanted to, and um, but we had one Scot watching the England Scotland with us, Karen Finlay, and it was so funny. Which <laughs> she's the only one that was cheering in this whole room of Saracens and Harlequins players and fans and some family. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great weekend. Are you a rugby horse? I think I probably know the answer to this, but um, our listeners probably won't. Are you one of these people who has to watch all the games, go back and record and, and watch back if you're playing, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Uh, what personal games, like as in? Oh, just yeah, those men's Six Nations or other Premier Fifteen games over the weekend. Yeah, do you, no. do you avidly watch everything. Yeah, no, I try and watch as much as I can. And obviously, you don't have enough hours for all the games that do go on. But always try and catch the highlights. With Prem 15 stuff, obviously, we have Worcester this weekend. So we'll preview and watch Worcester. We'll watch their game last weekend. We'll have clips from them from other games as well, where our analysis team will do kind of clipping all of those bits. You don't have to watch through the whole thing, just picking out the common themes. Um, But yeah, it just makes you feel so much more prepared going into a game, having watched a lot of um, footage. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, uh, on the show today, uh, obviously uh, a big one last week. We got plenty of stuff out, and yeah, just a, a huge thank you to, to all those who sent such such lovely messages and, and, and took the time. Um, yeah, really, really appreciate. It. And um, yes, some very, very lovely messages in there. We're just gonna have a chitter chatter, pitter patter today. You and I, birth around some yeah, some nice, nice news continues to to come through in women's rugby. We'll have a look at the uh, the Prem Fifteens from last weekend. Um, who did who did well on the predictions out of yourself, Centre and I? Um, uh, and we'll look ahead to next weekend's Prem as well. Uh, of course, we've got Nadi Butelezi uh, bringing us all the world news as well. But uh, first, Ireland. Uh, for a long time now, you know, we've been reporting some some pretty dark stuff. Greg Williams has come in. Um, I don't know how well you you know Greg. Um, I got to know him a little bit during uh, the 2014 World Cup. We sort of stayed in, in brief contact since then. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a human being. I, I rate very highly. I've not seen him on the park, but he's brought in Neve Briggs uh, as assistant coach for Ireland. Um, won 62 caps. 
and was part of that sort of golden generation, wasn't she, of the, the Island 15. And she'll join, as I said, Greg Williams for the preparations for this year's Six Nations. Your views on that appointment? I think it's a really smart one. Obviously, Greg has got a lot of history and knowledge from working with the team previously. But I think having somebody like Neve in there, all her experience, and she's not so far removed from the players that she gets a real insight about the direction that they want to go. So I think, A, for a rugby brain, she's always been so big and vital for Ireland. So is incredibly intelligent in knowing the game and being able to apply that. Um, and I'm just really excited to see how she can transfer that into a coaching role. I know she's obviously done coaching um, with Munster, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so she's got plenty of experience to like literally come straight into that environment. And I just think the amount of subtlety she will bring and the soft skills she will bring from being a player, from being a captain, from being in high-pressure scenarios, from being in a team where you're down and out, to being in the team who's, you know, Grand Slam women, um, so winning the Six Nations, beating New Zealand. So all of that together, I think it's such a brilliant combo to go together. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You, quite often, you know, in the Seventh Circuit and what have you, your coaches are coming up from you know, academies or analysts or whatever, and they're in the system. This is a coach who's been there, played it, knows the issues that, that have gone on the last few years and can actually speak up in a, in a role of authority. And for those of you who don't know, um, which would be bizarre, I mean, she, she's a proper legend. It would be like Emily Scarrett finishing playing, wouldn't it? And going into coach England women. It's that kind, kind of appointment. Uh, I think it says a huge, huge amount. And she, as you say, will will bring a huge amount to it. They also held a 41-person national screening camp. Did you see this at the weekend? Um, composed of the Energy All-Ireland League players who'd impressed in recent weeks. Uh, the camp seek to identify emerging talent ahead of this year's Six Nations, obviously beyond. Again, just smart stuff happening under Greg McWilliams. Let's get yeah. on. Yeah, well, you, you know him, you know him personally, so let's get him on. But I think, yeah, good move, isn't it? They've got a competition in Ireland. Let's look at what the best talent is offering there and let's get them together and see what they can do when they're all in one place. Yeah. No, again, just some really, really good stuff coming out of Ireland. Of course, knowing, knowing here sort of where, where we all probably think they should be, but um, certainly some really, really positive steps coming out of uh, the Ireland camp. Moving to other Celtic brothers and sisters, Scotland, Brian Easton named... 30 player squad for Scotland's upcoming World Cup 2021 slash two final qualification. Rachel Malcolm is captain. Any surprises in there for you? I mean, it's a fairly settled side now, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think um, probably noticeable Katie Matteson. She's um, taken the step over to Scotland, which I think is fantastic. She's such a, a good player and so integral to Worcester. Um, for her to then recognise there's an opportunity for her with the new eligibility law that she can go across to, to Scotland and be part of something that they're really building and something so special. And, yeah, Dubai is just around the corner. You can see the Scottish Scottish girls, you know, saying they've got 80 minutes 80 minutes is going to, you know, dictate what happens next for them. And they're all buzzing about it. Sarah Bonner at training yesterday or Tuesday. She's just so ecstatic about getting out there and doing Scotland proud. So I think, yeah, I think majority of them, we would have expected to see all those players in there. But, you know, the the inclusion of Katie Madison really does bolster and give them a bit more depth in that nine position. I know, Joe, yep, at Worcester. 
It's uh, always spoken really, really, really highly of Katie Matheson. She was at England under 20, wasn't she? And sort of in on the fringes of the England squad. But uh, as you say, moves uh, a little bit of depth in that Scotland squad for their game against either Colombia or Kazakhstan, of course, Samoa and Hong Kong, unable to get to those qualifications due to the COVID world that uh, we live in. And the date for those, off the top of my head, I think it's 25th of February. I'm now desperately trying to look on the internet while we're recording a podcast live. Kazakhstan played Colombia on the 19th and then it is the 25th. Just back yourself. Play the winners of that. Yeah, should have backed myself. You're, you're quite <laughs> right, Beth. There's my life in a nutshell. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> um, Wales. And it's all about the Celts today. Bird, Lisa Burgess, as now head coach of the under-18s team. Spoken about a pathway. Spoken about contracts. Here we go. Wales are delivering. And while the, the men's team are in, in a large patch of treacle at the minute, um, <laughs> obviously the uh, the women are, are moving forward. Yet yeah, she announced her coaching team, didn't she, Bird, yesterday of the Wales under-18 team. Uh, team manager Josh Payne. He's involved in Worcester as well, isn't he? I think he's a... The general manager was doing there as well. Defence coach Kat Nicholas McLaughlin, or Kat Nicholas as she was known. Sean Lillycrap is there as well as a skills coach. And Ollie Wilson, who I know uh, Bird has worked with many times before. So you've got two former players, Kat Nicholas and the current Wales captain. A lot of IP there, isn't there? Yeah, there really is. And I think, you know, Bird is such a great leader for that group of players. Um, and I think just the appointments are really smart. You know, why not have somebody who's, you know, we know um, Shuan's background with at Swansea University or a rugby input there. So why not have somebody to come in and to start nourishing that next generation other than your captain, like for your national team? I think it's such a great move. She's obviously a very talented coach um, in in itself, but then to also have the leader of the national team being part of that coaching, so they can see it, they can believe it, and they, you know, Joanne's living that dream of being a professional player now. So can also, you know, show and tell those young players this is where you can go if you put your head down and you work really hard for it. So I think, yeah, I think it's brilliant, and you know, we've been calling out for it for a long time, and I definitely think that all we're seeing it is really positive steps from Wales. You know, every time we're turning, you know, a new month or a new corner, there's something new that they're trying to instill and to drive for, you know, Nigel Walker said it's not going to be an overnight thing, but slowly putting the, the stepping stones in place um, is all good for, for moving forward. It is a slow process. You know, women's rugby is becoming professional. It's going to happen overnight. And, you know, we, we, we've got to realise that. We've also got to realise that the world we're living is shifting sounds for you know, every part of every world community, business or, or otherwise at the moment with, with COVID. Of course, yeah, we're coming out the back end of it. But, yeah, I, I, yeah. Oh, why are we doing this? Why are we training in a muddy Tuesday night? Did I? Oh, to become Wales captain. Oh, she's coaching us. I mean, for, for that for that reason alone, um, it's, it's a brilliant appointment. As you say, uh, yeah. Bird, we can't rate her highly enough. Hi, I'm Neve Briggs and you're listening to Women's Rugby Let's move a little bit closer to home then. Let's have a, a wee look back at the weekend, dare I. 
game changer, good atmosphere. Yeah, it was epic. I think, you know, it delivered on all of that side of things, you know, the spectacle of lots of fans in, in the place. We had the entire stand filled as we ran out. And we had all the flares and the flames and everything. So, you know, from a spectacle point of view, being part of that day, you know, I've spoken to some of the fans. They absolutely loved it. They all thought it was a great game, despite our result. Um, but, yeah, I just think, you know, we said it in the in the um, team meeting beforehand, like really, really pleased and proud to be part of a club that drives that kind of thing and wants to put on big days like that and be part of things like that. Um, you know, it is really special. Um, the result we're, we're not happy about, but you know, from everything else, it delivered, and so just really pleased on that front. But yeah, plenty to work on this week going into Worcester. What What was the score at half time? Eight seven to us, and it ended twenty points to eight or eight twenty. What happened in that second forty? Well, I think even in the first forty. We just didn't take any of our chances. That that was ultimately the difference. We we created so much, but we couldn't finish it. And you know, looking back over history, we would finish you know a good eighty percent of those chances. You know, we might miss a few, but we've never missed as many as we did. And that that's often what's harder to take is the fact that we created the opportunities to win that game. I think you can always hold your head high when you're like, we gave everything and it wasn't good enough. They were better. Um, but they were better on the day. They got what they deserved. Um, but yeah, well, it was tough to take, especially when you watch it back and you watch, you look at the stats and you see we had so many opportunities to, to win that game and, and put points on the board in the first and the second half. And just all plays for a bigger story, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it certainly does. And yeah, the the, the yeah the next chapter of Saracens Harlequins go, go, goes on. Um, look, I think we're going to have the most competitive virtually every year, but um, that's it's true and, and and great great for the for the league that it continues year and year. I think those semi finals this year are going to be very very uh, intense. A to get there, B yeah. you know, once there. But I just, what. Can you put your finger on it? What we now, Thursday morning, we're recording this pod. You must have done a bit of analysis. Why? Is that physical, mental? Is it a bit of both? Why you didn't convert those chances which you normally expect to? I think it's got to be a little bit of both. Um, I think when you're knocking on the door that many times and you're not getting in, you know, that does have an effect on the psyche, as it would on the other foot. You know, every time you're keeping a team out in that sort of area, in, yeah. the, in the 22, you're like, that's given us confidence, right? We can keep them out. We can keep going. So I think definitely has a mental side to it. But I also think our execution of just our skill, you know, we had more errors than we've ever had. Uh, we lost a lot of the breakdown. We we knew that Marley Packer was, you know, such a, a force to be reckoned with in that position. Um, and yeah, look, we, you know, there's other things that we had, Personnel move around, missing a few players, but so were they. And we just had to get on with that. But, you know, I think it definitely comes down to a bit of that psyche, but also just our skill execution just let us down. You know, big moments, turned the ball over, gave away a penalty, you know, knocks on. Like we had so many knock-ons that we don't normally have, but, you know, sometimes they come off the back of being brave to try and keep playing. And 
And yeah, so we're, we'll, you know, those are the games where they should make you and hopefully we'll really bounce back and, and push forward. No losses, just learnings, yeah? Yeah. Good. I, let's just have a quick word on Marley Packer. I mean, she's over 33. Let's be kind. Uh, she's she's in her 30s. Let's just go there. She is just getting better. I mean, she, I think she's fairly keen to be at this World Cup, right? Oh, absolutely. I think I think we're seeing the best of Marley. Yeah. I think, um, and and I'll put it out there. I think you know Oliver, her son, just gives a a separation from rugby and maybe a perspective on more to life, and and that can sometimes just revolutionise how you play, how you think, how you go about things. Obviously, this year she's taken on the co-captaincy as well, so that just makes her want to leap even more by example. Not, not that she needed that title to do that, but, yeah, she's always been a phenomenal player, but I do think we are seeing the best of her at the moment. And every week, you know, you see the stats that are coming out about her, her turnovers, her line breaks, her, you know, all those kind of things, her carries, the way that she motivates her team and the way she struts around like she's carrying two carpets. You know, she she is a player that, you know, has always been world-class. But I, I genuinely think this is the best that I've seen Marley play consistently. And so, yeah, I think hopefully she can hold that form, you know, going into the Six Nations as well. Yeah, that, that word consistency, she's always been a great player, but she's I mean, she's doing it week in, week out, every yeah. single week. And, yeah, if you, you watch her very, very closely, do party packer cam, uh, sorry, mummy, mummy Marla uh, cam, and you watch how physically she plays the game. Um, she is, she is, she puts herself around and consistently be at that level. She's, uh, she's on fire. Let's have a, just a whistle around the other games as well. I don't know whether you've spoken to people or seen some highlights or, or seen them in full. You may well be obviously interested in Worcester, who you play this weekend. They went down 10-12 to Bristol. Only just. Yeah, we. I saw the the final play from Bristol. It's the same story as their last game, isn't it? How Worcester are almost there to to beat them, and and Bristol just managed to to finalise it, and with a death kick at the end again. Um, yeah, look, I mean, how many weeks do we keep saying it? Worcester are a team who are on the up. It's only a matter of time before they're you know beating the sides, not just you know, not in the dying moments, letting it go. Um, so, yeah, look, we know they're a threat. They obviously, The week before, they pushed Saracens as well. So we yep. are under no illusion that this is a, a, a win game. We've got to go out there to perform in order to, to push the side to get a win. And Bristol, that's an important win for, for them, isn't it? A um, couple of bumps in the road of, of, of late, um, but actually to, to come back and win that and have the heart to do it at the end, that, uh, that's... That will please Dave Ward. Yeah, I think just the belief to not give up and not think the game's gone and to keep playing it is something that they'll be proud of. The you know it's easy to to play really safe. It's easy to play really safe when you're in that sort of position. But they move the ball from edge to edge. That's what they love to do. Um, and uh, yeah, I think he'll be very pleased that to seal the win is massively important. Gloucester Harbury went down to Exeter Chiefs, 32-36 at the Alpass. That's a dent to Hartbury's drive for those semi-finals. 
Yeah, I mean, what what a tight contest. Um, you know, we only only caught a bit of it where I think Exeter Chiefs went up really early and then Gloucester responded really quickly. And this is all without their heartbeat. Mo Hunt, she wasn't able to play at the weekend as well. Um, but yeah, I think it was a critical win for them. They needed to to win that in order to help keep pushing for that top four. Um, Exeter still on, you know, a really good run at the moment. Um, but, you know, I think it's a story with Gloucester, isn't it? They're always in and, in and around beating sides, but they just don't have that finishing ability just yet. Um, and you, you never know, maybe with Mo, they would have had that. Yeah, possibly. And, yeah, I think look, she obviously adds a huge amount to them. Um, what about Kate Zachary's try then? Oh, ridiculous. World, okay. Yeah, no, I just, I, like, as much as, you know, we talk about how many internationals are in the league, I mean, how much the USA players are going to have improved. Like, Rob Kane was at our game on Saturday, obviously watching a Lev Kelter. But, um, you know, the fact that he's got, I think he said, <laughs> there's 18 players left in USA. The rest of them are here playing competitively. So what that can do for them at the World Cup, I think, is awesome. Um, but, yeah, she's a different type of eight, isn't she, compared to traditional eights. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a big old worldie, wasn't it? Yeah, she's very, very skillful. If you haven't seen it, do do look it up on socials. I'm just looking at it back now. Um, I mean, if that's not try of the week, then um, I'm Irish <laughs> and I'll eat my hat as well. Um it picks the ball up her 10 meter line off the back of a scrum and goes goes a distance. Um quite exceptional. So yeah, she's another person we could get on as well. But yeah, I mean, it's only only gonna be beneficial for USA rugby, isn't it? But also you like to think that she would bring something to, to English rugby as well and, and share a few experiences, whether they're you know considered better or worse or less professional, or whatever, you know, the, the people can always offer something. And I think, you know, uh, there is something to, to learn from her as well. What about sales sharks? Fairly, uh, you know, all three of us, we'll get on to predictions in a second. Uh, all three of us predicted that Love for Lightning would beat sales sharks. They're, they're, they're coming late, Lightning 32 3 it was at the weekend at uh, sale. They're coming with a late charge. Yeah, they are. Um, you know, they've obviously we we spoke last week saying how they've got a lot of numbers of their players coming back into that fold. Obviously, everybody's out there, Scottish players, last weekend and this weekend, uh, and you know, furthermore until they're back from the qualifiers. So they've still got more to add as well as Emily Scarrett. Um, but I think that's a really good result against Sale, having played them, having watched them play against Bristol. You know, they really do push teams a lot closer than that. So I think you know that's a really strong win for them. Um, and they probably recognise, you know, that they can't can't allow Sal to get into the game because then they can cause real problems. Um, so, yeah, it's a really good result. Yeah, I was surprised at the margin of that, I have to say. Um, yeah. Was 46, DMP, uh, unable to trouble the scorer. Uh, again, yeah, we've seen a lot bigger scores than that. Um, and I know that Was would have, would have had it tough in that game. Yeah, I think, you know... It, it's easy to say, what do you mean? That's a good result with 46 points. But like you said, there's been a hell of a lot more points scored against them. I think their last round, they scored maybe 104, 102, something like that. So that's a huge result to turn that back around. Um, 
I suspect Giselle will probably have wanted more than what she got as well. So, yeah, look, we know that there's lots of work to do with DMP, um, but I think, you know, that they still turn up and they put their bodies on the line. And clearly, you know, to to not go into, you know, the 80s, which they've seen a lot of weeks, is a positive result for them. Indeed it is. So all of that means the South State top on 57, Bristol Bears chasing in second on 50. This weekend, only the one game which we've alluded to, which is you against Worcester, one of those rearranged games. Um, what have we got to get right this week? Take your chances. Is that? Can't give away the secrets. Right. But yeah, take our chances. Create them and take them. <laughs> I like that. Create them, take them. I mean, that can be applied to a lot of things. We'll keep it rugby focused. <laughs> Let's just hang on. We, we should probably just have a look at last week's predictions. Sarah Hunter, yeah, Gloucester Worcester. Hartbury, Loughborough Lightning, Quinns, Worcester. One out of four. Rachel Bird went uh, Loughborough Lightning, Exeter, Quinns, Worcester. Two. Um, and somebody else went Quinns, Bristol, Exeter, Loughborough Lightning. Um, fairly dominating you in the predictions race. Young Rachel Burford, I can uh, assure you. Anyway, enough of our rabbiting on. Let's go global now with Nandy Butelazi. Here's Nandy's news. I'm Marley Packer, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Episode 101. Thank you so much, Johnny. It's great to be back again for this week's edition of the pod. Over in Kenya, a new sporting venture has been announced by World Sports Safaris Limited. Samburu Sevens in Kenya will showcase the best of Kenyan and international rugby talent. The dates have been announced between the 9th to the 17th of July. And as always, let's kick off with the latest results from the Premier 15s. And in round 13, Worcester lost at home against Bristol Bears, losing that clash 12-10. With Exeter Chiefs getting a victory over Gloucester Harpery, winning that clash 36-32. Sale Sharks lose at home against Loughborough Lightning, losing that clash 32-3. While the Wasps get a massive 46-0 victory over DMP. And finally, the game changer saw Saracens come out on top 20-8 against Harlequins. So Saracens stay top of the table on 57 points with Bristol Bears chasing in second on 50 points. This weekend, there is only one game rearranged from an earlier round and that is the Harlequins versus Worcester game. Looking at the English Championship in the North, Furwood Waterloo didn't manage to get any points on the scoreboard against Cheltenham and it was Cheltenham Tigers that would walk away with the 33-0 victory in that encounter. Barnsley lost at home against Kenilworth, losing that clash 22-5, while West Park Leeds get a victory over Sefton, winning that game 15-5. Litchfield also get a victory at home against Loughborough Town, winning that game 33-7, and Harrogate lose at home against Novocastrians, losing 15-5. This means Cheltenham extend their lead at the top of the table on 62 points, whilst West Park Leeds sit on second on 49 points. Moving across South, Bath get a victory against Richmond, winning 14-8, while Blackheath getting a massive 28-0 victory over Henley, while Old Albanians also get a massive win against Wackenham Swans, winning that clash 56-5. Supermarines didn't manage to get any points on the scoreboard this week against Reading Abbey, and they lost 67-0, while Thurrock won 42-5 against Hove at home. So Thurrock maintained first place on the table on 59 points, with Bath chasing in second on 52 points. And this weekend, there is a break in the championship, except 
for rearranged matches in the north, and that is the Cheltenham versus Noah Castrians game, the Furwood Waterloo versus West Park Leeds match, as well as the Harrogate versus Kenilworth and the Sefton versus Lichfield, and in the south, Bath versus Thurrock. Moving over to Ireland, there was no energy all Ireland league fixtures last week, but it is back this weekend with the top of the table clash with UI Bohemian taking on Railway Union. Melancholic will take on Stutonians, Galvegians will take on Malone, and Old Bavidia will go head-to-head against Blacker College, and Cook will host Wilklo. And as it stands, Railway Union and UI Bohemian are both competing for top spot on the table, with Railway Union currently edging ahead on points difference. Sadly, there is no Elite One for now, but it returns in a fortnight. Lastly, despite our best efforts, there is some confusion about the next round of the Liga Ibedora this weekend and we think there might be a set of matches that are still going to go ahead and the proposed matches are Sansei Scrum taking on Complutense Cisneros, San Kuga taking on Mahatonda, Grad Residencia will host Cotiva Cocos and Olimpico de Pozello will take on Eba. But we will be in a better state to report on these fixtures after this weekend. That's it from me and catch you next week. Nadi, thank you very much as ever. Just before we go, Berth, it is pod, regular pod 101. So if there was a rugby 101 room, what would you put in it? Oh. That's good, isn't it? Oh, you can't put me on the spot like that. Have you got one? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm putting it on the spot. I've got about 14,000. (laughs) <laughs> so um, I'm just gonna just move it down to to one. Do you know what? I, I don't have one to give you, but I do remember watching Room 101, and there was a football manager or football coach on, and they said, "What would you put in there?" And they said, "I put all physios because nowadays all it is is MRI this, X-ray that, you know, grade two, B, C, whatever." Whereas back in the day, you just got the old spray and magic can. Spray it on your injury and then off you go. He said, so that's what I'd get rid of. There you are. Um, so next time you get an injury, you're up, uh, up a set of creek without a paddle, aren't you? Did you not see Molly Packer? She had a bit of free spray on her. She was gone. She got a compound fracture. Yep. She only wants free spray. So we listened to the pod. Um, oh, my one-on-one, we, instead of wide, is... Is those involved in the women's game, do it for the women's game. Do it for the greater good of the women's game. And that is unions, clubs, individuals, plus yourself or social media, pretending you're supporting the women's game when actually what you're doing is promoting yourself. Or unions just being open to you know, stuff like this. You know, clubs don't even promote, you know, when we have one of their players on, clubs don't even promote that. Uh, we're the only podcast in the world that does this stuff. Uh, I know that's quite personal, but you know, we do this for for the greater good of the game. We, we we do lots of stuff for the greater good of the game. I just wish for those who don't do it for the greater good of the game, they can be chucked in room one on one. How about that? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> good. You're gonna need a big box. <laughs> you what? Gonna need a big box to put them in. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? You're absolutely right. A massive, massive room. Perhaps you just find an island. We'll just shove them all off there. We'll finish up with some shout-outs. Uh, some sad news to to start from Saracens. Their former scrum half and club stalwart, Jenny. Little Jen Langdon passed away. Her family announced this week. Obviously, all of our thoughts go out to 
to Jennifer's family uh, and friends, and of course the uh, Saracens rugby family. Some some sad news there. Someone else submitted to the DMs this week. Hannah Ryan. You see this one, Beth? Hannah plays for oh, Clondal Clondalkine Clondalkine Rugby Club. I've not said that right, have I? As it's coming out of my mouth, I know that's not right. Apologies. It's James Lowe's adopted club. Um, and the other weekend, she scored her first try. It's been a difficult season for the team and all the amateurs in the league with COVID making it stop start. But um, her sister, Sarah, is the one who got in touch. and she, She's really proud of her sister, Hannah, and the rest of the team. Uh, they are trucking things on where women's rugby is traditionally, uh, it's a non-rugby area of Dublin. Um, so she's wished them all the best and said they're really, really proud of them and go well. But it means very little from me. Why don't you give Hannah Ryan a shout out, Rachel Burford? Yeah, well, congrats, Hannah, on your first ever try. And yeah, great to see that good things are continuing to go, even though there are difficult times happening. Um, but yeah, well done. And well done, Sarah, for eventually giving your sister's name after about 14 messages um, <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant there you are if you want a shout out that's how easy it is slide in the dms and boom you're on the pod um we have new plans for around the six nations what have you um live and that kind of stuff so keep your eye across our socials the other thing we're going to announce it um probably on linkedin as well but um if you want to get involved in the, in the Women's Trouble Pod, there are lots of different roles. And as this year continues, it's just going to get busier and busier. So we might make the point that it's purely voluntary. Um, and I, it's, it's purely voluntary uh, uh, as well. Um, I think we've uh, just about covered our costs over the last few years. Um, just. But yeah, if you want to get involved, editing, social media, producing fixer organizing lives that kind of stuff then then do do get in touch um on the socials we've got our email on the uh on the various social media uh profiles as well so yeah if you fancy just drop us a line Uh, as ever hit subscribe if you care to leave us a little review and we'll be back next week all the best at creating them and taking them there you go Until next time.